Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's what I taught myself how to draw, was actually the Little Mermaid, drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than die. jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater and saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the car. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. You know, throw some spaghetti against the wall. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for tuning in for over 150 episodes. It's been such an amazing run. I am still amazed with how far this show has gone. And I am even more excited for where the show is going. And one of the things I truly love is keeping in touch with previous guests and seeing upcoming projects that they have and offering them the platform and the opportunity to come back and tell even more about their journey to success. And it's even more fulfilling when it's someone who I believe has been a major reason of why this show exists in the first place is because of all the wonderfully creative people that I've known throughout my life and knowing that they deserve a platform to talk about where it is that they came from, what it is that they're doing, what their passion is, what drives them, and what projects are out there right now for people to enjoy. And here we have a returning guest. Actually, Elizabeth Meggs has been on the show now three different times. I am so excited about this. She is one of my favorite people to have on here and just having her talk about her journey as an artist just a few years ago, and then to have her back on to talk about the late, great Mac Dameron, our drama teacher in high school, and to have her back now because she's got an amazing exhibit that's coming up. It's called Found and Lost, Art and Design Work by Elizabeth Meggs. The opening event is Saturday, August 13th, and it's going to be at the Sweet Lorraine Gallery on the third floor at 183 Lorraine Street in Brooklyn, New York. And so I am so excited to hear about how this project came to be and where Elizabeth is taking her talents from here on in. It is my pleasure to reintroduce one more time my friend Elizabeth Meggs. Elizabeth, how are you? Oh, hey, George. I am so glad to be talking to you. And I'm so grateful for the platform you give creative people. You're always motivating and inspiring to everyone. And I love talking to you and just am so glad to speak with you now. A lot has happened in the world since we spoke last. Oh, yes. 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 (laughs) Quite a a bit has, has gone on. But at the same time, we've both been doing whatever we could to make the best of it. And the kind of work that you're that you're putting out there is just it's it's always mind blowing to see and all the different all the different uh, projects that you're doing that involve your community. It's it's terrific. So so before anything, tell us a little bit about Found and Lost. Oh, well, I want to say thank you for your sweet words first. But so this show, this exhibit, it's a solo exhibit 
uh, in an artist-run space. It's not a commercial gallery, which I like that. It's very community-oriented. Basically, the work started, some of the earliest pieces in the show started during the heartbreaking, terrifying, isolating early days of the pandemic here in New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, It was I had been making large oil paintings but at my studio in Red Hook, but then suddenly we're in lockdown and, and everyone doesn't really know what's going on. Everyone was afraid to open their apartment doors. Mm-hmm. So dramatically and suddenly I just shifted from making large oil paintings and and then started exploring some smaller things. I think the first work I did was a vector-based graphic on my computer Mm-hmm. of these colorful concentric squares and I put it on a t-shirt that I could share with people online and we did it as I did it as a fundraiser I saw how the food bank lines were stretching for miles and I just thought hey locked in my apartment maybe maybe something good can happen and then a lot of my friends and people I know stepped up and they like supported this and it was kind of fun. We could put on these colorful t-shirts and sort of mm-hmm. be in solidarity promoting something good. And so that was the first work. And then I got into exploring some universally understood symbols in my work, sort of mm-hmm. moving away from abstract art at this point. And I started making smaller pieces like monoprints on paper or clocks. I did some fabric patterns, some vector-based graphics. And that what that means, vector-based, is a mathematically constructed graphic that you do on your computer, which you can mm-hmm. design really small, but then it doesn't lose resolution as you blow it up. Oh, so you cool. can so in the exhibit I was able to print and frame some of those vector-based graphics to be larger works of art that I couldn't have really made in my small apartment, but the computer let me do that. So all of these things are in the exhibit. And I think just like the challenging circumstances that really everyone on planet Earth has faced amplified a lot of critical aspects of humanity. To me, things like love, it really matters. Things like that, that I wanted to explore. So universal symbols, also being playful, having humor. A lot of times people were feeling down. So I think mm-hmm. things like color and humor and playfulness can can lift people up and be inspiring. I think there's great power in art to inspire. It definitely inspires me all the time. And I also found that working on creative work helped me personally the most um, yeah. just to like get into that creative zone and be working. That meant a lot. So the I think the title of the exhibit really does touch on a lot of the losses plus the discoveries of the past few years. So more broad or sweeping themes like hope, time, love, but then getting into a few funny sort of cheeky things like there's a piece, umbrellas and broken umbrellas, just the mundane things in your life. So really this exhibit, I'm seeing it as a colorful, pretty fun summer exhibit. It's very hot out right now. We do have AC in the gallery, but I think it's an expression of just gratitude for still being here, being alive, and also 
I'm excited to see friends. We're going to do the opening on the roof deck outside for COVID safety purposes. So we'll have food and drink on the roof deck. It's a nice roof deck with good seating. And I'm just excited to see some friends I haven't seen in a long time. That matters so much. I've really missed missed friends and I'm optimistic we can stay safe and, and be responsible as we have this event outdoors. Fingers crossed. Of course, everyone still gets nervous in this era. But, and I think a big thing that that happened, I almost canceled the show. I was hit by a car in late April. And that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one reason I have so much gratitude for being able to have this exhibit. I almost canceled it back in April and May. I, I thought there's no way I can have my work ready in time and do this. But so it means a lot to me. It means so much to me that I'm able to. Yeah. So. And, and so with that, with that in mind, first of all, like, how are you feeling now? Like it's been a few months since that, since that happened, are you recovered? Are you able to, are you still doing any sort of physical therapy or anything like that? Oh, thank you for asking. I am, I am on the road to recovery. Basically what I'm dealing with is pain and nerve damage. So it's not, mm. it's not exactly something that the physical therapy um, would deal with, but I'm doing acupuncture. So the main injury I had was a head injury, and then I have a lot of head and neck pain. I had more superficial injuries that were deep bruising to my leg and knee, but those have pretty much recovered. I didn't, I'm very, very fortunate. I didn't have any broken bones or ligament damage. And so anyway, it's, it's just kind of a thing of patience and the acupuncture helps that sort of thing. So it just takes time to heal when you have nerve damage. Yeah. And just being patient with myself, I think that's a good thing to learn, not not trying to get too frustrated when I have to rest or take a break, but I'm steadily seeing improvement and that gives me real optimism. And I think on the day that my doctors told me that they did expect me to fully recover, my spirits lifted so much when I found out I wouldn't wouldn't have anything Hopefully not permanent. So, but, but just this idea, I've been through tough times before and I really did have a sense that like all of our days are numbered. I've lost loved ones and had went through 9-11 and things like that, Mm -hmm. but I've never felt as much as I felt it when I was hit by a car. So I physically felt that we, we all know that, that we, none of us live forever, but I do understand that, that like, Really, we could all all go any minute. Not, but I don't want to be morbid or anything. So right. I want to lead a joyful, exuberant life. But I understand that death could come at any second. So, mm-hmm. but I oh, think yeah. that gives, that provides clarity. I think when you really understand that, it sort of puts things right in perspective in terms of what's important, what matters, what your values are, what kind of art you want to make. It kind of underscores. Hey, friendships matter so much. Creative pursuits are are the thing. They're vital. Yeah. They keep they keep us going. Like there's I mean, I like I'm I'm very grateful to my my full-time job and everything, but those this creative outlet that I have with this show and with my books and everything, like that is what really that, that's what stirs everything up inside. And when there's nothing happening creatively, if I'm stuck on anything, then that's going to show in the rest of my life. I'm going to be frustrated with myself and which is going to kickstart the anxiety and the depression. And then that will lead to 
mistakes at work that will lead to little things like that. And so, yeah, getting that sort of creative outlet, getting something there that's going to stir you to get up every day, like that's something that's so, so vital. And it's something that a lot of people really need to remember. And because there's so many people that take these creative outlets that we have for granted, especially considering the fact that we had, we had just gone through this pandemic where what did everyone do? They sat home and they watched movies, they watched <laughs> TV shows and everything. Well, or they read books. Well, where do you think that stuff comes from? You know, exactly. that, comes from that comes from people like us. I know the creative work saved a lot of people's spirits in terms mm -hmm. of just hanging in there through the toughest times. Yeah. And I think a, a big appreciation for all that work for me, I don't know if you feel this way, but I get energy from doing creative work. So oh, yeah. I might be really tired, but then if I get into working on a painting or a drawing, suddenly I'm not tired anymore. It's exciting. It's energizing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So one thing I also got into is roller skating last summer. I yes, yeah. I've seen yeah, I've seen the I've seen the pictures. I think that that is that's that's something that's something that sounds like a blast to do just to really kind of get into that. Like that takes me back to when I was when I was a kid going around the roller rink and we had the all the eighties music pumping through the the speakers and everything. But I didn't I never got like set up with the knee pads and the helmet and everything like the way that the way that you're doing it, you're hardcore into it. I love it. Well, I took, well, but you should get into it now. I would recommend it to anyone. I took an adult beginner class because I had no illusion last summer that I would know what I was doing. And I learned <laughs> how to fall the right way. I learned how yeah. to stop and turn correctly. So to all of my friends, I would recommend that. But it's it's low impact. My doctor said it doesn't damage your knees the way something like running a marathon would damage your knees. Just the music. You can wear fun outfits. Mm -hmm. I recommend it to anyone. And uh, one thing, it burns 700 calories an hour, too. Nice. So that's like, yes, but you don't feel like you're exercising. You feel mm -hmm. like you're just having a great time. And that's um, the dream. That's what everyone wants. They want to be able to like, go, you know, get that sort of progress without feeling like they put in all that work. Right. So, and yeah. I, that's why rollers, that's, and I think a lot of people have been sedentary through the, through the past few years. And so just this joyful movement of roller skating, I would recommend it to anyone. I think that more than anything has lifted my spirits and recharged my creative batteries last summer mm -hmm. and into this. Just the exuberance, the music, the colorful clothes people wear. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely filtered into my visual work in yeah. terms of an uplifting attitude and spirit. So the positivity of roller skating, when I was working on things like clocks or drawings or graphics, I think that energy, that positive vibe, that fun vibe yeah. came through. So yeah, it, it just makes things a lot easier when you're, when you have something like that and you have that sort of feeling of just like, Hey, I've accomplished something. And then you get that, you know, it's, it's the endorphins, my understanding. Like, it's just like the more you move, and the more active you are, then all of a sudden, like the endorphins kick in and that's going to jumpstart everything. It's kind of like in Avengers Infinity War when they got the forge going like in the over in, in uh, Neta Devere. And it's starting to like, you know, you, once the once they're able to get the 
sun itself activated, then all of a sudden you can start getting those gears turning. And then, then it's, what else can, what else can you get, make from that? And then what else can you do? And what else can you do? It just kind of builds yeah. off of that. And just amplifies good things overall. Another thing I want to say about the roller skating community in New York City is it's incredibly inclusive. Yeah. One I've met is very positive and wholesome and friendly. So that too, that inclusivity where it's like you don't have to be a great skater. You can be any shape or size or from any background. It's not an expensive activity, so there's no sort of status quo kind of thing going on. Just that I feel like the whole world could benefit if everyone started roller skating, everyone followed the lead of the roller skating community here in New York City. Could I, I, my biggest fantasy is that it would lead to world peace for everything. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so. Now, with, with everything that you were dealing with, going through while you're working on this exhibit and then getting, the, getting hit by a car and then mm -hmm. going through the recovery process, which you're still going through, have you felt that that incident, that car hitting you, do you feel like that has impacted the work that you've been able to do since? I think the biggest thing is that when I was able to finally get out of bed and, and move around and actually with a head injury, I want to mention using a computer or screens or kind of mm. working, drawing at first, that was really hard. So I could only maybe work for like an hour and then my head would start to hurt. Oh. So I think as I recovered and could work more and more, it just made me excited and great, glad to be working and sort of made me more than anything motivated to work. Just like, hey, I can I can do this. So just kind of an excitement like, oh, yay, I'm able to spend first two hours working or maybe four hours. And so and then I, I really got into designing the clocks pretty recently. I designed 16 new clocks for the exhibit. There are 26 in the show. Oh, wow. And I think there's like kind of a nice meditation uh, on as I designed the clocks. They're sort of influenced or connected to my paintings because it's an exploration of color and form overall. Mm -hmm. So I think clocks can symbolize so much. And I like the symbolic content of this show. Clocks can symbolize waiting, longing, watching dreams slip away, new ones emerging. There's a lot, a lot about clocks that I think is, is pretty profound. I wrote about the clocks and sort of designing time, this idea that color and form can represent intervals of time but then time is so fascinating overall and i love that we're this is like a sci-fi podcast so i can nerd <laughs> out time travel all the mm -hmm. theories about time there's a book i think his name is alan lightman it's called einstein's dreams mm. and it's inspired by a fictionalized account of Albert Einstein dreaming about different time theories. So oh, cool. it's all fiction. I think you would yeah. like it, but I just love all the possibilities of time. We don't fully understand time. It's probably over our, our heads as tiny little humans in this vast universe, hmm. but just to be able to ponder the possibilities of time and how, how it might exist in different ways. So we do know, we actually know a lot of things about time. Like we know that gravity makes time move differently. Mm -hmm. So if you're actually near the strong gravitational pull of a black hole, yeah. um, time will, will be going slower. So if you had two identical twins in space, 
one was just like orbiting planet Earth and one was around a black hole with a stronger yeah. gravity. And this is totally just imagined, but they would be different ages if you brought them back together. So very the cool. one the one at Earth would be very old, but the one yeah. who'd been around the gravity would be younger, I believe. I could be flipping that. Mm. But so anyway, I love the meditation of designing clocks. They're round. They sort of have a mandala feeling to them. Yeah. And just the endless possibilities of color and form. I love throwing in that functional aspect. I also love <laughs> that I'm making something that's affordable and functional and reproduced so that hopefully if someone wants to add bright, colorful shapes and forms to their wall, but they might not necessarily be a person who would buy an abstract oil painting. Right. I think they can get on board with a fun, colorful clock because it has that nice. function to it. So it also really be, just- it, it also, <laughs> it can be, it can potentially be like a gateway to getting more pieces like that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm tricking people into buying some abstract art and, by turning it into a clock. Not really, but well said. Well well put. <laughs> now now with with that in mind, what like throughout the couple of years and everything that you've been working on this whole project and what you and what you've dealt with from dealing with the pandemic, what have you found what what is it that you've found that you can that you were able to do or you were able to discover during this time that you might not have discovered before if we didn't have this Hmm. i with life itself i think the connections and community Mm -hmm. with people is so important and i knew that i always loved friends and loved socializing and have been a people person but i think through all of this just how important the ties we have the connections the friendships the caring the kindness the love mm-hmm. for each other i really understand how critical that is so i think amplifying that even thinking of how you and i know each other from high school it's meant a lot to stay in touch and yeah. and just know i know you've always got my back and i think when going through something challenging just to know you have the support of other people. And I think with creative work too, having people who cheer you on and encourage you, I mm-hmm. always knew that was an important, but I think that's just my appreciation of that is, is amplified tenfold. So I think yeah. community building matters a lot. And I, I see the world as we things like climate change. I think it's going to be very important for us to work on building positive ties, community building, looking out for each other, working to help each other, rather than having a compassion deficit and being very argumentative or, or outraged with each other. I think turning or shifting into being hopefully supportive and caring in a big way. I think art can really help to empower things like that. So it might not seem like it matters when you put a big colorful heart on the wall, but I do think that can can help bring a certain energy to the world and positivity to people, even if it's just in a small way, but small small things add up. Absolutely. And that someone seeing that heart on their on a wall will could very well inspire the right person to do something else. And then that would be inspiring someone to do something else. Art is very art is contagious, really. 
Yeah, it's, and human yeah. imagination can be ignited mm-hmm. just by something. And it's exponential. It's not something you could quantify. But I do think the certain energy and, and spirit of things can have a profound effect on the spirit of the times. In the other direction, too, we've seen world leaders can really do a lot of damage with statements and rhetoric and messaging mm-hmm. and things like that. So Yeah. And then, you know, and then to turn around and censor art and everything that's that's just that's scary oh. times that is oh, yeah. you know, it's a very scary time that and so the more art that we can get out there the better the better we all are as a whole and so like that's why i was so excited to have you on here to talk about talk about this exhibit talk about what what is behind the exhibit and everything that's moving forward from there cuz the more art that we have in the world, the better. And the the best thing that I can do is let people know about it. So, Oh, thank you. And I feel like a lot of this exhibit, I feel it's celebratory. So the cock designs are sort of a celebration of the time we have while we're alive, all mm-hmm. of life's mysteries and joys and, and unexpected things. It's all beautiful, really. If, so I feel like as long as... I'm still kicking and we're still kicking <laughs> alive. Yep. Just the whole beautiful mosaic of life. It's something to celebrate the good and the bad, the ups and the downs. And I think you as a writer certainly are sensitive to those things. The potential of, of words, of color, of form are infinite and endless, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so where can, where can my listeners find you on social media? On social media, I am on Twitter, Twitter, the Twitter. I'm on Twitter and Instagram Mm -hmm. at Elizabeth Meggs. So it's E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-M-E-G-G-S. And also at Meggs Paintings. And that's exactly like it sounds, Meg's Paintings. And then I have a Facebook artist page. If you just Google Elizabeth Meg's, you could find that too. I keep hearing about new platforms picking up. I have a TikTok page. I'm not as active on TikTok yet as I should be, but it's Elizabeth Meg's also. I love to connect with people on social media. I love to see their work or hear what they're doing. So I would love love to connect my websites too are www.elizabethmegs.com. And then I have a very painting-centric website that's www.megspaintings.com. So giving all those plugs on my Excelsior journey that I'm on. (laughs) Damn right. Damn right. And I am so thrilled. I'm always so thrilled to hear what, what you have coming up next. I'm thrilled to see that, uh, that you have this amazing exhibit coming up. I am so excited for what's to come for you. I'm excited for this exhibit. I wish nothing but great things for for it. Do you have some final thoughts? Well, I want to say I feel the same way about you. I'm always in awe of everything you're doing. I never know what will come next. And gosh, we've known each other for a while. And I think you work incredibly hard. You do so much to lift other people up. And I always want that to come back to you a thousandfold. So I hope you feel the love from me, from everyone in your life. You are so appreciated, George. So that's, and I would say, hey, I want people to come see the show. My, It's in the complex where my art studio is located. Mm-hmm. So the gallery has all the artist design work, the clocks, the prints, and all of that. But I also have put up about 
pulled out about 30 paintings to have in my art studio. So if anyone wants to come by through August 31st, the exhibit by appointment, you can send me an email at elizabeth at elizabethmegs.com. Or, or contact me via social media, and I'd love to schedule a visit. Or please do come to the opening on August 13th from 6 to 9 p.m. We're going to have a little party on the roof deck. A lot of the artists who have studios over there will be be there, too. So you can meet other artists besides me. It's a great community, and we'll love to see everyone. Hopefully the, it doesn't rain. We'll do a rain date on August 20th if we have a thunderstorm or something like that. But fun summer show. Hey, Life is good. We're all celebrating being alive and, and being able to work, being able to see friends. So, and I'm especially grateful to see you today, George. And I and I am as well, as well Elizabeth. And I really hope that uh, the, we get a, a great turnout for you. Remember, it is at the Sweet Lorraine Gallery on Lorraine Street in Brooklyn, New York. The opening event date is August 13th, goes from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And again, the rain date is scheduled for Saturday, August 20th. By all means, get out there. And I hope that you will all be able to see for yourself what has been found and lost and hopefully found again during this during this entire this entire interesting period of history that we're in. And I hope that uh, that all of you are able to gain a new appreciation for all the artists out that is out there, especially what Elizabeth has been able to produce for you. So for Elizabeth Meggs, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward, and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.